What's up, guys? It's Lori, aka Loretta Chow, the sex reporter and half of the Insatiable podcast with Smiley. I'm about to echo some segments from Zwan Station because, as usual, we're having a super interesting conversation about one of my favorite topics, which is online dating versus real life dating. I've actually done like a whole YouTube video on the subject before just because this was a long time ago. I feel like I should revisit it because I think what people don't realize is that online dating is not really dating at all, but I'll explain in a bit. And I do have some other stuff to add, which I want to get into um, separately from what Dewan and I are talking about so that it's not like a total replica of the conversation we're having there. The allure of online dating is that you get higher volumes. And if you are a novelty seeker, as in you want to meet everyone there is out there to meet, you just want to make sure that you've, you've really put yourself out there and given everybody a chance. That's great, but it's less efficient because for for all those extra chances that you get and for every guy that you might like out of those extra chances, you're meeting like a 100 guys that you should never have given the time of day to to begin with. And not only that, you're waiting precious time talking to them all day and then eventually going to meet up with them and realizing having to having to find out that, you know, I'm actually not attracted to this dude at all. But hey, I mean, some people really do like expanding their horizons. And I know that I've, you know, had opportunities to meet guys that I probably never would have met otherwise, which I'm grateful for. And they're super cool. Some of them are my friends at this point. But mostly, I still think real life is the best way to do it. So those two clips are just a couple samples of the conversation going on in Dewan Station. Definitely go over there and check it out if you have not already. We also talk about photos and the assumption is generally that people put their best foot forward and curate their photos so they only put the best images of themselves online. And that's generally true, especially for women. But when it comes to men, it, there's actually a very different dynamic. I find that there are guys who really just don't know what their best angles are. It's weird. I feel like I mean, there are those of us who are very vain, both men and women, who know exactly which angle to hold the camera, what kind of lighting and stuff makes us look good and is the most flattering. But there are those guys out there who don't realize that you probably shouldn't post a photo of, you know, the camera going upward and looking at your double chin or cutting the, the image off at the, the hips or the knees because it makes you look shorter or pudgier or that you should not post a hundred weird selfies that make you look like you're a psycho killer loner or something like that i mean they're just these things that men on online dating sites seem not to be cognizant about and it's almost like um it's almost fun to try to look through those photos and guess which one of these guys are totally making themselves look terrible online but are but might actually be cute in real life i don't exactly have a system for figuring out which like normal average looking guys online actually turn out to be hotties in real life but i have something i feel like i'm onto something because i feel like i'm really good now at identifying the guys who obviously just can't be bothered with things like filters or filling out elaborate online dating profiles because they might actually be interesting down-to-earth people in real life who don't who just don't care about those things and those actually tend to be the guys that i like the most in real life so i've sort of learned how to recognize them and i'm going to share some some of uh my those little things that i look out for that i noticed and i would actually love to hear from you guys women um what you look for do you always look for a pretty face if you see a guy with like model pics and like really professional headshots, does that make you more attracted to them or less? Or is it something else that you're looking for in the profiles? Like, can we give these guys some tips? Because I feel like they need it. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys need like marketing consultants because online profiles are essentially personal ads 
And how are you going to call something an advertisement if you're not even really advertising the best part of yourself? As a general rule, I like a certain variety of photos. One, I like a photo that is clear and well lit of the guy himself so that I can see what he looks like. And I don't like overly professional photos because to me that signals either you like have you posted a photo from your job which is weird or you went and took a professional photo for yourself for your dating profile which is also weird but I can't like but a, a normal photo that someone took of you like at a family gathering or something like that that shows a clear image of your face and maybe your sense of style your clothing and uh, whatever that's great and then the other thing i look for is some type of group photo or some photo that shows that you have a social life so it could be with your friends it could be with your family but just you and other people and that immediately gives a little vibe as to like how you interact with people if you're laughing in the photo if you look like you're having a good time that generally means that you're probably a semi-normal person who at least some people in the world like to me, the smile is really important. It's not that I would necessarily look over a man who didn't have any smiling photos, but if a man is smiling genuinely in a photo, like somebody just caught him, he's not looking directly at the camera, he's not cheesing for the camera, he's just having a great time somewhere and somebody caught that perfect moment, that I, I, is like immediately endearing. Like I can't, I can almost not resist a man who has a great smile and just looks like he's loving his life. Because it's almost like, wow, this guy's having such a great time over there. I kind of want to be there too. You know what I mean? There's, it's advertising, marketing. That's, that's what it all comes down to. Showing activities is also good. Activities and interests as in things that you are interested in other than being on a dating site, swiping left and right, looking for chicks. So if what you love is some hobby or some game that you like, or you like going to sports and watching sports, take a photo in that setting to show that like you're about something. I really, really like that because it shows personality and, you know, not without having to explain in a thousand words the kinds of music genres you're into. All that said, this is just the formula to a great profile. But the secret to these online dating sites is that there's a bunch of great people who aren't getting any love because they never got the memo. They don't have this checklist. They don't know how to do these things. And I, I, I actually am willing to go on and look through, like, you know, sometimes guys have like profiles that are barely filled out and they've just got some shitty selfies and some photos from like 1997 or something like that. Um, a lot of people will just write those guys off, but I give a little extra, like I look at the few words that they do post to see if there's some sign of intelligence or wittiness or something redeeming there. I look and see if like maybe, you know, the the photos are bad because they somebody just took it with a bad camera and they couldn't be bothered with finding a good photo of themselves. Um, I look to see like maybe, okay, well, this angle is bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's he's ugly. I look at all those things because more often than not, those guys end up being like the most normal guys you're going to meet online. Those guys are the ones with lives generally, or they might be. Um, if you just talk to them a little bit, you'll just find out fairly quickly, just as quickly as if you had to read a profile that was super long with like five or 10 perfect photos. So I guess my message in this segment is just that for the guys, like you could probably, you know, step up your game a little bit in terms of putting your profile together. You don't have to spend a million hours on it, but just be a little cognizant of like what women are looking at when they're looking for you. And for the women out there, I don't sleep on these guys with the shitty profiles because there's lots of guys who are just not great at online dating because they just have other shit to do and they might be great. So just some food for thought. 
Next up, we have a call from the victorious one who is continuing the conversation that we had yesterday. I think it was yesterday on faking orgasms. You know, every time I run across this topic, I am sure that as many men fake orgasms as women. I hear guys talking about this, and I think a lot of women would be shocked to know that that happens to them in their own relationships. But I think when you fake an orgasm, like if this is something that you do ongoing in a monogamous, loving relationship, it speaks to your own insecurities. It says you are afraid of real intimacy with your partner and exposing some trust issues that you have like trust issues you have with yourself. Either you perceive some inadequacy that you have, um, and like I say, perceive, not necessarily real, but it's something that you believe. And I think that people are afraid of exposure because anytime you fake anything in life, it's more of an inside job. I like the way you put that, an inside job. It's true. I think insecurities are really all in our own head. It says a lot more about our own values and the things that we, the way that we see ourselves more so than reality and how everybody else perceives us. I think we should be careful though sometimes about attributing a certain insecurity or um, a, a certain way that we handle something in a relationship based on whether or not we trust that person or whether or not uh we we love that person because there there is always there isn't always room for people to express the truth when that truth is not very well received if that makes any sense and if you are a person whose partner does not take it well when you don't come then it can be a long-term strain on a relationship and i i could I could probably see a situation where there was an ongoing relationship. The person really loved their partner, but their partner just never could wrap their head around the fact that maybe, you know, he just they were with someone that just doesn't come that easily. And so the easier way to resolve that that conflict in within that relationship is to just fake it. It's not ideal because, of course, everybody wants that perfect relationship where they can be fully honest with the person they're with. And while if I were advising a friend, for example, like a friend who faked orgasms and came to me, I would say, well, in, in, the, in the interest of helping you achieve an orgasm or, or your own pleasure, I would recommend you speak openly with your partner about it and talk about how you might be able to achieve that. Maybe it's not about your partner. Maybe you are pre-orgasmic and maybe you don't know um, how to achieve that orgasm. This is especially um, common among women. I would always recommend that, but if it came down to it and a person wasn't yet at that place where they were comfortable talking about it with their partner, and on top of that, their partner just rejected the idea, like, you know, felt inadequate because of your lack of orgasm or, or something else, then sometimes I think a little white lie, like a fake orgasm, might just be to keep the peace. And and even if it's not the best case scenario, um, you know, marriage and, and relationships are a two-way street. And sometimes, you know, the conditions are just not right uh, to, to have everything out in the open, unfortunately. And so sometimes it is because you love that person and you want to have a peaceful relationship with that person that you, you know, you make certain concessions so that you can accommodate them so that they can feel good and you guys can both be happy. This concept doesn't just apply to faking orgasms. I see relationships as a long string of compromises and I don't think anyone should ever give up too much of themselves. But I do think that once you're committed to someone, you have to learn that 
life isn't about expecting that person to bend to your will and getting everything you want from that person. Not everything is worth an argument. Not everything is worth World War Three. And I'm not, trust me, I'm a slightly dramatic, crazy person. I am a Gemini, if that means anything to anyone. Um, I am a little hot-headed, so it's not like I'm one to be zen about everything. But I do pick my fights. And so when I see that there is an unresolvable conflict... I decide if that's a deal breaker or not. And if I decide that it's not a deal breaker, I find a way around it and I find a way to keep the peace because I choose not to argue like crazy and have screaming fights and and and, and crazy unbalanced relationships like I had when I was younger. Um, be, you know, I choose to, you know, reserve my battles for those things that really, really matter and might actually break my relationship apart. So the example here with fake orgasms, it's like if you're with someone who just simply, no matter how many times you've explained it to them, cannot fathom or understand why you cannot achieve climax every single time you have sex together. And on top of that, that person is taking it personally and is feeling very hurt by it. If you love that person, are you going to continue to fight about it until it eventually breaks you up? Or will you eventually decide, you know what? she's she or he is not going to come around and i'm just going to have to fake it because i love them and i don't want this to become a strain on my relationship i i am you know this is the type of thing that's sex is so important to me that i would err on the side of actually bringing it up and trying to figure out a way around it i don't know seeing a therapist or something like that but to the next person the relationship might be more important than the sex and you know what i i don't hate them for it i don't necessarily think they're wrong Outside of sex, you know, I've, I've talked to friends whose uh, spouses are really bad at cleaning, for example, and it drives them crazy. They just, for some reason, their spouse just like never had to really tidy up their own place or just never had to keep a clean home and is just disgusting. And they get on their husband's case about it or sometimes the wife and they'll, you know, it'll be just this ongoing fight in their household. And eventually, after some years, they're, they're still complaining about the same thing. And I just ask these people like, well... Maybe it's time for you to just acknowledge that your spouse sucks at cleaning and to just either do it yourself or hire a maid service because that is the person you chose to hit your wagon to. I'm not saying that person is right, um, but you certainly probably have some flaws that that person has had to get over or is trying to get over. So this may just be that thing that you need to accept. Are you going to divorce him over a messy bathroom or are you going to just figure out the path of least resistance and a way for you to coexist happily without getting like screaming at each other every day over a toilet? Going back to the subject of online dating, I get some funny reactions from guys or unexpected ones, I guess, because the experience for men is often so different than for women. For men, they're not getting usually as high a volume of responses or chats ongoing in their online dating apps as women do so they have less to juggle and they're they tend to be impatient some of them are even bitter because i guess they get ghosted or catfished and stuff like that and so when you don't immediately respond to them they get upset and they get all like you know butthurt over it like accusing you of being unresponsive or you know just like being a flake or something like that and look i wish that there were just some sort of mediation here and someone to explain like you have to understand that some people have a lot of stuff going on in their lives. They have a lot of people they care about whom they actually know and who are not internet strangers. Some people are not desperate for a hookup or to be in a relationship. And so, no, you will not be that person's top priority every second of every day to check the app, check the messages and respond. It's just, it's just not going to be the case. And if a person were that readily available, 
then that person probably would be slightly more desperate than is uh, attractive, at least in my opinion. The, the cool guys know this and they're very appropriately persistent, like they're respectful if you're busy, but they'll check in with you again because they know that shit happens and you know you get a lot of messages and sometimes they start blending all together because who are these people other than a bunch of you know fluffy things that they said in a dating profile about traveling to exotic places and eating new foods. I don't think it's right that the gender roles are imbalanced and that it's usually the women who are dealing with way too many messages and the men who are who have them fewer and further in between. But because it is that way, you know, you just have to sort of recognize the balance and figure out how to work around it. The outcome of all this, though, is that there are guys who just want to get straight to business because they don't want to waste their time with a bunch of girls who may not be down for what they're down for. In which case, you know what? I don't even think it's the worst thing for a guy to be like, yo, you down to fuck? Because um if you're not you're just not and within a split second you'll know that that's not the one for you and that's great no time wasted on either side it's easier to weed the guys out that way then there's also the guys who seem to like have reached like gone past some kind of threshold of tolerance for a conversation that doesn't lead anywhere so they stop trying and they're just like they don't want to say any more than hey you want to meet up you want to meet up you want to meet up and after a while you're just like uh i I mean no to be honest i don't just because you like kind of look hot in your pictures I don't feel motivated to rearrange my schedule with all the things I have to do so I can go meet up with you and maybe have a terrible conversation because obviously we don't we're not I mean I don't think that online conversations can reveal that much about a person but they are something versus nothing you know like why should I go out for a drink with some random guy I mean that that I met on tinder which is really no different than some random guy coming up to me on a street corner and saying hey let's go grab a drink right now i might be down for that at some point but for the most part i'm not going to unless he says something compelling unless we have some kind of connection intellectually or whatever so and it's not and that has nothing to do with what i'm looking for which is the other thing guys get wrong um a lot of guys on dating sites like to ask what do you want and my my answer is always like i don't know i I don't know who you are therefore i don't know what i want from you and that's just the truth um i I think in fact i think if i told you what i wanted and i said well i want to find a a future husband or i want to be in a long-term relationship i think you should run screaming because at that point you know i'm not looking for you i'm not trying to find out who you are i'm trying to see if you fit the role you know what i mean and that's not a great I mean, it is the way things work, but it's not a great place to be in um, in terms of really, really, truly connecting with people. I think the best thing is for everyone, men and women, to know themselves first. Know who you are and, you know, be open to human connection so that you don't see it as a game. It's not a bunch of lines you're supposed to say. It's not about saying the right thing. It's about being yourself. And if someone responds to you, then, hey, maybe there's a reason to meet up with them. It's not about casting a net and seeing what you could find, um, bring back, which I know guys do see it that way. Guys are just like, well, let's try 100 girls and see which ones respond to me. And out of those, let's see how many will actually come and meet up with me. I, I understand that that's the mentality, but it's, it's going to be, I mean, if you're going to do it like that, you're going to get a lot of duds. It's just the way it is. Um, and if you don't want to get all those duds, then maybe you need to start being pickier yourself and just, you know, putting yourself out there a little bit more and just trying to make friends. Next, we have Reg from the Coffee Black Show, who is responding to our conversation about faking orgasms. Hey, yo, Lori, this is uh, calling to regards to Victorious One about men faking orgasms. I'm going to tell you now, it is hard as hell for a guy to fake an orgasm. It is. 
It is. I'm a guy. I should know. Been uh, <clears throat> for like ever since I was wow ten. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I've had a lot of experience. It's hard to uh, fake a orgasm. Oh d- dang dang! Did I just crawl out my hole again? Let me crawl back in my hole, man. I ain't I ain't supposed to be talking about this stuff. It's, it's wrong. It's my private life. Shouldn't be talking about it. I'm crawling. I'm crawling back in my hole now. But Lori, you be bringing them them questions out. I don't know about this one, Reg. Cause look, I'm not saying guys can fake it every time, but oh, I've I have not met a man who has never faked an orgasm. Let's just put it that way. At least not one where I've gotten into that conversation. You know what I mean? And usually it's like it just depends. If you are wearing a condom, it's very easy to fake an orgasm as long as she's not saying like to come on her so that she can see it how is she even gonna know you just gotta play you know do the movements and all that especially if it's somebody that you're not used to also because then they should know um they they may not know your typical body language and everything the lights would have to be down yeah it's probably a little harder than a woman just saying she came when she really didn't but there are ways to do it i mean two other people who've called in about this subject proved it so